Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Director Pushpendra Singh's latest film, The Shepherdess and the Seven Songs, is a stunningly beautiful feminist fable set in the disputed territory of Jammu and Kashmir. Based on a folktale, Rajasthani writer Vadedan Detta, as well as the life and poetry of the 14th century Kashmiri mystic Laleshwari, Shepherdess follows a young bride, Layla, played by Najut Randhava, in a ferocious and unforgettable performance who marries into a tribe of nomadic Bakarwal herders. Already harassed by local police as a minority, Layla finds herself targeted for her remarkable beauty by local officials. The film is called The Shepherdess and the Seven Songs, and we're joined today by the director and writer of the film, Pushpendra Singh. Pushpendra, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for inviting me. Yes. You're, you're very welcome. Tell me a little bit about this, the, the origins of the story. I mentioned it, that it's based on a, uh, a folktale from the 14th century. But before you do, I want to read one thing that's at the very beginning of the film, which is one of the mm. most beautiful things that I have seen uh, in a long time. And I, I think there's so much to be gleaned from, from what, how the film starts off. I'm going to read this first. Forever we come, forever we go. Forever, day and night, we are on the move. Whence we come, thither we go. Forever in the round of birth and death, from nothingness to nothingness. But sure, a mystery here abides. A something is there for us to know. Just a beautiful poem by the 14th century mystic poetess Leila Arifa Laleshwari. But it is a, a remarkable way to kind of frame the film and so many in our lives. There's so much in that. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh, where all of this came from. Yeah, this is uh, a poetry by a 14th century poetess called Laldeid. Uh, uh, she was, uh, uh, you know, a poetess in, in, from Kashmir uh, who at one point had discarded her clothes and she used to, you know, roam uh, nude, naked, all around. And uh, she used to recite this poetry. And then people slowly gathered that and they, you know, later on it was compiled. So basically that was my inspiration. But also the folktale is also a Rajasthani folktale, you know, which was written by a Marxist writer uh, in late 1960s. So I've combined, you know, I've taken that folktale and also taken Laldeid from Kashmir and, come and you know, adapted this story into setting it into Kashmir. <clears throat> That's interesting the way you put it, because the film is based in the present and there are elements yes. in the story that are about kind of the security concerns and the, the cultural clash that is yes. happening in Kashmir and also and also Jammu, uh, all of these things play into the film and gives it a modern context. But there's something mystical and mythical about the dynamics of the story. Yes. If that's is that a fair way to put it? Very right. Very right. You know, because uh, however, uh, you know, uh, science progresses, however modern we become, uh, there are certain things which will always remain a mystery. 
and mysticism is what actually keeps human beings also hooked on to life yeah they see something for life you know there's something for hope so you know i try to bring uh, all these elements in all my films you know they're set in real times contemporary times but you know there are elements which i try to bring all the time in my films let's talk about layla and let's talk about yes. the portrayal of the of the actress Navjut Randhava. Let's talk about this wonderful character you created and this and the performance in the film is uh, is just beautiful. When I wrote the story, you know, it was always because you know I work with non-professionals and I know uh, in in all my films, especially when it's it comes to role of women, you know, India is a conservative society. So getting women to act from non-professionals is a difficult task. So I was always looking for an actress and i had met navjot at a film festival in 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 the himalayas it's called the dharamshala film festival and i had seen her there and uh, she's also you know very similar to the character she's trained as an actress but she was staying at that time in the hills you know in, in a small uh, house as a recluse uh, and also she's also a lot into meditating uh, meditation etc etc so i sent her the script and uh, she read it and and she immediately said yes and then i called her to the place she was very hard working uh, in the sense that she stayed with the nomads the nomadic community and she prepared herself for the role and that's how you know we see that a transformation in the film also so yeah all credit to her actually for for putting all the hard work in the in the film that's and we see the results on the screen Yeah. That's a wonderful story that she really did her homework in getting this right. And that the thing about this is as I said earlier it's it's a, a tale that's in many ways timeless but it's also very much set in today. The the idea of basically nomadic people being and their their existence is so tied to the earth, so tied to the animals and their ability to kind of navigate that world yes. in this very modern context in a situation that is fraught with yeah. danger as well there we see the elements of that part of the story come into play when they when there's yes. discussions about security and people being designated as <clears throat> terrorists and those kinds of things so we it's it's uh, sort of hangs over the story of the modern world yes. in relation to what they're essentially centuries of tradition is that again am i yeah exactly you know uh, this is what fascinates me in, in all my films what i do is i go to the marginalized class the society you know and i take stories from there because what happens with uh, with with everything now you see on screens you know it's 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 you know it's like modern stories but what is modernism you know is it technology is it is it everything uh, what is like development progressing Uh, like progress society is progressing but but you see you know in all societies i'm sure in, even in america we know uh, native indians they they still exist and they still are connected to their past traditions yeah so you know and how do they deal with uh, this this modern means you know how modernism clashes with traditional cultures so that's that's always fascinating you know and 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 we need to tell such stories also actually you know to know where do we come from and uh, you know 
uh, how these cultures and traditions are also very important important to keep us rooted seen more and more filmmakers take that approach that the, the approach that you take in this the indigenous peoples of the world who have been marginalized and in many ways they have been eliminated from so much yes. of the modern world not only psychologically culturally but physically eliminated from our world and they have so much to teach us about the way that they've lived for centuries we're able to survive and we're able to live in harmony with the with the planet where we now seem to be at war with the planet and i think there's a lot now putting us putting that aside there are some cultural perceptions about women and their place in the world that i think are problematic to say the least but nonetheless there yes. are a lot of things that we need to learn from how they have navigated this world for so many years right yeah it's like uh, you know i think uh, uh, women have uh, suffered uh, through centuries but they've endured and and you know uh, uh, we we only to uh, to give that respect to them and the thing is that you know we still see that uh, you know uh, they're still uh, marginalized you know however progressive we've become you know with all these movements etc uh but every year we hear such stories you know this the whole me to movement actually you know brought to surface what was happening even in in our modern societies you know yeah so it's it's very important to uh, you know tell and and bring to fore all those issues also the native americans the native north americans that i have I've seen films about of late their ability to uh essentially enrich the land on upon which they depended not just take from it but enrich it is a yes. lesson that we have to learn but that ability to essentially be able to live in ways that are communal that's a, that's an important yes. part of it a very community yes. centric but as well as being able to live in harmony yeah exactly you know uh, that's what you know all this traditional cultures teaches you know in a way uh, you know in uh, my last film was set in the desert where again i see a community uh, i focus on a community which despite being in the desert you know there how you know the sparse landscape the sand the trees the birds are so important for them and there's uh, and it's a musical and, and how it's and the it, the community is a singing community and how it brings all those aspects in singing itself Yeah. and what i've realized is when you go to these communities uh, you know they value and and as as you rightly said you know they not only value but they only they also enrich the whole aspect of nature and and you know uh, beings which belong to nature yeah the so film it's very uh, important yeah uh, yes it is absolutely well and the other thing about the film it is in some ways it's playful and in um, i love the relationship first of all that we're talking about the cultural element the idea of uh, how she gets married is sort of a traditional approach to how she ends up with uh, Tanvir and then the the playfulness of the character of Mushtag who i just hmm. thought was a wonderful element i loved his character i loved the way he he was portrayed in the film that gives it this playfulness and the yes. fact that he's so determined he is so in love with her that he can, all he can think about is is being with her 
and it gives it, it gives it that lightness that I think it needs uh, that it really benefits from in, in that regard. And the idea of coming up with the, the seven songs, tell me a little bit about how you came to that as a way of telling the story. Yeah, because when I was adapting the folktale, uh, you know, I thought, you know, I, because I also play with form of storytelling and yeah. I didn't want it to be like a straight narrative. So then because, you know, Laldez came to me, uh, she was this mystical poetess from Kashmir and she was also very rooted into the, you know, the mystical traditions of Kashmir. Yeah, like Sufism and there was this Bhakti tradition uh, also in Kashmir. So she was rooted in that. So then I thought maybe, you know, I can divide the film into seven chapters. Like it's like in Sufism, you know, you have seven stages to attain that peak when you become one with God. Yeah. yeah. So, so I thought maybe, you know, I can, I can also do that and I can divide the film into seven chapters. And that gave me a path that also opened up the whole storytelling process also. And new ideas came to me. It came very organically then, you know, once that idea came to me. Yeah. There is something about the way you shot this. This is the show's called Film School Radio. So I want to talk a little bit about the way you shot this uh, film. It's beautiful to look at. It's so lush. There's so much there to be taken in by the this part of the world. And it's for American audience, we so rarely have an opportunity to to look into that world, to, to see it and the way it plays out here. But I noticed you hardly shot any close-ups. It's almost all medium yeah. shots. And, yes. <clears throat> and yet you're still able to create the the characters. Normally you see a little more of that in order to kind of bring us inside what the character is thinking or more about kind of putting putting us in their place. Um, but you yes. didn't. I, I'm kind of curious about their, your choices in that regard. Yeah, it was a very conscious choice. <clears throat> One, like I said, uh, as you also mentioned about nature and, uh, you know, uh, highlighting that aspect. So, you know, I didn't want the film to be very homocentric in that sense, you know. And as you, when we frame a close-up, actually, you know, then it becomes very homocentric. You know, I wanted the landscape to become uh, one with the human being, you know, so that whole idea of, of landscape and, and the characters are one, you know, they're not separate. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So then, then I thought maybe, you know, like I'll keep, uh, that's why, you know, the common, the most common lens which I've used in the film is 25. So I would alternate between 15, 25, 35, mostly. There very rarely I use 50. And then there are very, at one point only I use macro shots, which are very close nature shots. Yeah. Again, but then I use that for nature. When we see this rain drops happening and it's, there I go macro. But then I go macro only for nature. But for, because also it's a story about Leila. So then what I did was, you know, I like Bresson a lot and, you know, like how he writes in notes on cinematography that, you know, sometimes the ear is more powerful than the eye. So, you know, I've used this voiceover, her voice, actually, you know, we cut on a landscape and we see this voice. And then I thought maybe, you know, that's, that's like a kind of a close up for people to come close to her. So that's as a device, I've used sound actually in that sense there. Yeah, your use of sound in this is also very good. And, and also the songs, beautiful indigenous, I assume indigenous uh, songs um, that really frame, not only they frame the story, but they they give this sense of timelessness. That's one of the things that, uh, and, and the singing style is very much 
different than a Western style of singing, but it's almost like in some ways, like the African-American call and response when you get in gospel music, this feels similar to that. The the songs feel like they are a call and then there's a response to, to it as well. Is that, is, is that right? I think it's there in the culture, you know, so we see, there's a song of playfulness, you know, so there's this right. encounter between two parties, you know, so they, he sings, they reply, and then he replies to what they're singing, and then it continues, it goes on. Right. So it's like a call and then a response to the call. Yeah. So it's there. It's there in, 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 in I think in, it's there in all four cultures. Yeah, because it was a very communal way of living. And that's how this exchange would happen. And, and you see that in all four cultures. And I, I agree with you. And I think that's so important to, to point out that in folktales, uh, yes. these were created at a time when science was not able to answer big questions. And so the understanding of the world around them was told yes. through these tales and this and a way of explaining things that were at that point unexplainable, but they gave people comfort in, yes. in the tales themselves. Is that? Yeah. And also, uh, you know, what I've realized uh, because I have doc- in my previous film also I have documented uh, it's a musical documentary so I have documented this culture from the desert in India. What I've realized is there are lots of songs for longing because in the past people would go away for work you know and they would go away a long distance and women would stay alone in the village in the house and then they would sing the songs for longing and what I've realized invariably you go to any uh, culture in India actually because India is also very diverse uh, it's, it's a mini continent and you go to any region and immediately you connect to all folk songs and you'll find this common similarity between them it's that you know the songs for longing are there and usually you know in cultures they address a bird they take my you know call to the my lover and you know pass that message so yeah it's a beautiful it's, film it's, it's a beautiful film on a lot of levels uh, the Shepherdess and the Seven Songs. It is, it is just a and a, a wonderful, as I said earlier, a wonderful um, window into a world that few of us have ever seen or experienced. And and a strong female character. And I'm not going to give away the ending, but I thought it's poetic and it's powerful. Congratulations on this film. It, it's just really uh, exceptionally well done. It's coming out here. Uh, on uh, this this coming week, it'll be available, and you can find out more by going to the filmschoolradio.com website. You can find out how to see that. It's being released through Deaf Crocodile Films as well as uh, Grasshopper Films, which is the distributor for the film. Pushpendra Singh, thank you so very much for the film, uh, The Shepherdess. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.